Hello, everyone. Welcome to To Be Heard Podcast, your weekly faith-filled and motivational podcast where listeners are encouraged, culture is challenged, and the truth can be heard. My name is Ayana Simone, and I'm so grateful that you are tuned into today's To Be Heard Tuesday Especially if this is your first time listening, I cannot think of a better time for you to join in on the journey that I began at the very beginning of this fifth season where I've been having so much fun and have had the absolute privilege so far to come alongside y'all in your journey of staying faithful to the purpose, the God-given purpose that he himself has placed on your heart and just chasing after whatever he's called you to do because that's the coolest thing about our calling. All of it looks different. Um, Our purpose, though, remains the same. It's to be with God. And so I stated from the beginning that anyone can do it, but not everyone can be it. And we spent the last couple of To Be Heard Tuesdays so far um, really honing in on that message. Like, yes, we can do a lot of incredible things. And while that's cool, that's dandy, it's something worth celebrating. My argument is that the ultimate celebration is not just what you do, but who you are. You can do a lot of incredible things and not necessarily have an incredible heart. And I personally am sick of seeing that. I'm sick of seeing the the big, bad, oh my gosh, look at what they did and look at how many Grammys they won and all of that. And then you look at the heart and it's like, man, that's such a letdown. Like I I don't, I'll speak for myself here. I don't want to just do a lot of incredible things, but I want to have an incredible heart. That means everything to me. Oh my gosh. And so the last couple of To Be Heard Tuesdays um, have really just been lessons that I've learned that I want to present to you all. For those of you who you feel that you're called to something big, I don't want you to just get excited about the big thing, but I want you to be the, the best version of yourself, the version that God himself created you to be. And that requires humility, that requires having a tender heart, requires having integrity. We talk about it all. And uh, we're just continuing that conversation in today's To Be Heard Tuesday because we are officially in the holiday season. That is true. I love the holidays. It gives me so much to celebrate. But I'm not just celebrating the holidays for today's episode. Um, I'm actually celebrating something that is a little bit personal, but it involves you as well. Um, It's something that I've had the privilege of being able to celebrate last year with you all, um, November 29th to be exact. Uh, That is the date where I was able to publish, finally, three years in the making, my second novel titled My Name is Anxiety. And so being that today's date is November 28th, I will be having my own personal celebration tomorrow, November 29th, to commemorate um, the special publication date. Um, For those of you who listened to season four episodes, you would remember, you know, I kind of gave y'all some exclusive insight looks of some themes that you'll see in the book, um, where my heart was in writing the book and, and what have you. And obviously those episodes are still up and available for you to tune into, which I strongly encourage. Um, but in honor of the one-year publication now, I want to reopen that conversation and um, celebrate with you all by sharing, um, yes, some exclusive insight looks of, you know, what it took in, in writing this project and 
all the things, which again, a lot of that I discussed in season four. Um, but more specifically, more than anything, and you'll probably get a hint of this if you look at the title of today's episode, but I do want to spend some time today talking about the kind of person I specifically wrote my name is Anxiety for. Um, you'll see, obviously, today's To Be Heard Tuesday is titled The One because when I first started writing My Name is Anxiety, which just to give you all a quick backstory, I began writing this project in the summer of 2019. And at that time, I was taking these writing classes that were really foundational, to be very honest, in the making of My Name is Anxiety because I got to, um, for the first time, really start to hone my crafts as far as character development and plot and dialogue. And it helped me a lot kind of cast vision for what story I wanted to tell. And when I started getting to work on the characters and the title and the theme and what have you, one thing that I kept saying as I was writing it and the number one thought I had was that, you know, this book is going to be for everyone. And I talked about this a lot last season, um, but the very reason why I wanted this book to be for everyone so bad is because my first novel, How I Fell in Love with Myself, I remember being asked to speak at certain schools and churches and all the things. And they would always say, well, have you speak with the girls? Like, we want you to, to speak to the girls. And something in me would get frustrated. I'm like, this message is for the guys too. Like, it's not just the girls, you know? And it's been so fun being able to speak to girls specifically. And in a lot of ways, I do feel called, you know, to girls' women's ministry. But uh, if you read How I Fell in Love with Myself, you would know that it's not just for girls. But I'm like, Yana, it's your own fault. Like, you plastered a girl on the cover, you know, you can't blame them for thinking that this book is just for girls. And so when I went into the second project, My Name is Anxiety, I'm like, no, we're going to have, this book is going to be for everyone. And that was what made the project so exciting because I never really, um, I, you know, and this is just me being my own worst critic, but I'm like, I don't think I did a good job with that in the first book. So I really want to do a good job with that in the second book. Um, but if you want the truth, and again, I've shared this many times before, but the closer I got to publication, I stopped saying that this book, My Name is Anxiety, was for everyone. And the closer I got to publication, I started to say more and more and started to advertise that this book really is just for one person which um, I'll explain a little bit more in today's episode, but to start off a project with, you know, this book is for everyone and everyone's going to get it and everyone can see themselves in this and can, you know, step into the character shoes with the story. Um, the, the more we started to finalize the, the project, um, I was talking with a handful of people and, um, you know, just kind of felt this sense in my own space, you know, and thinking about the project. I'm like, you know what? This book really is just for one person, and that person is, to put it plainly, that person is in a lot of pain. This person has a lot of hurt, and that hurt has caused them to be confused in a lot of ways. Um, this person is, is lost, and I would even say this person is wildly misunderstood. And one of the thoughts that have remained the same from the beginning of writing to the very end, um, 
when you know by the time it, it got published one of the thoughts that stayed the same was that I was really intentional about um the kind of life that this character lived because if you read the book the character does not live some happy go lucky life the character lives in total complete darkness in fact darkness is normal to them like darkness is something that they can expect it's something that they can predict they don't imagine a life any different than the one that they're currently living and that started to resonate with me when I kind of came to terms with that at the end of publication like yeah this book is not for everyone it really is just for one person and since you know a handful of people have read it so far I have heard it said you know um, from readers who I know and readers who I don't know they've said you know, this book is for everyone. Like, it's not just for the lost. It's not just for the saved. It's for both. Like, everyone needs the message that's found in this book. And so I thought that was cool to hear that because, again, like, the closer I started to just, like, dot all the I's, cross all the T's, trying to get things complete, um, my thought for this book was it really is just for one person. And the reason why I decided to feature a whole To Be Hurt Tuesday about this topic of the one, again, the title of today's To Be Hurt Tuesday, is because, you know, again, we're all in this journey of living out the the call that God's assigned to each of us individually. Um, You know, some are called to music, some are called to dancing or directing or painting you fill in the blank you know what you're called to I trust that you know what you're called to if not I believe that the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you he's faithful to do that Um, but whatever that call on your life is one thing that I found to be true for everybody is that sometimes you really are called to do it for just one person and that means you know, for the things that you're called to do, the things that you're called to create and cultivate, with that being just for one person, that means not everybody is going to get it. At least I should say, not everybody's going to get it all of the time, okay? If you're doing something for one person, the rest of the people that you didn't do it for aren't gonna like it. And so if it is just for one person, sometimes you'll only get one like you know what I mean like you'll only get one comment it may not be a standing ovation round of applause there may only be one person in the audience and I want to speak to those of you who are terrified of that and you're like well what am I doing it for if it's just for one person you know and I'm not saying that's the case all the time I believe that you know I'm, I'm not going to say that numbers mean something in the sense that they are they define what you do and they define you know your success but I am saying that numbers are attached to people and so I think it's important to um you know create work that can impact the masses you know I I do think that's important and I want to make that clear but sometimes what you're called to do isn't for the crowds sometimes it's not for the masses sometimes it's not for the millions Sometimes it's just for one person. And when it is for one person, what I want to challenge today is to see whether or not you're okay with it. Because I'm speaking from experience. Y'all know I like to roast myself on the podcast. I can say from experience that sometimes I get so in my head about like, 
well, I want everyone to get it. I want everyone, like, I especially if I believe in something a lot, I'm like, I want everyone to be all hands on deck, cheered me on, rooting for this thing. Like, this is going to be so good, and this is going to affect a lot of people, and it's going to resonate, and it's going to help people, because that is my heart. Like, I don't care whatever it is I'm called to do. If it's not helpful, I don't want any parts of it. Like, I just want to help people. And so sometimes I get stuck in my head about who it can help. And when I know and recognize, okay, this is just for one person, sometimes I get a little queasy. I'm like, okay, well, like, is that good if it's just for one person? And I get so caught up in numbers at times. And I just, I'm, I'm roasting myself and bringing myself here on the podcast and really do want to challenge the rest of you listening. Like, if it was just for the one person, like if only one person, whatever it is that you were doing, if it was just for the one, would you still do it? If it was just for the one person, would you still write it? Would you still post it or launch it, release it, perform it? Like think about it and be brutally honest with yourself. It's important to do that because it's like, if you were only doing it for the masses, then that speaks to why you're really doing it. And many times, if not all times, if you're doing it for the masses, then it really does point to pride. And that's why I want to challenge it um, a little bit on today's episode. Because if you're only doing it for the masses, if you're only posting and launching and writing, rehearsing, performing and releasing just for the masses, then that really does paint a clear picture as to why you're doing it because sometimes and you will find this in the industry that we're in I'm talking specifically to all the creative people tuning in in the industry that we're in sometimes it's not gonna be for everyone what you create it's not gonna resonate with everyone not everyone's gonna get it and that's okay Again, this is coming from someone who loves feedback. I love getting, you know, multiple reviews and multiple, um, you know, comments and emails like, man, this really resonated. But sometimes and I have experienced this, some will come back and it'll be something and I have to apply this principle, not just to my writing, which we'll get into a little bit more, but to podcasting as well. There'll be so epi- some episodes that go up and I'm like, God, I really hope that made sense. Like, I hope that it resonates with somebody and it helps somebody. And sometimes I will only hear from one. And if you want the truth, my mentor brings this up to me all the time. She's like, there's been a handful of things that have impacted my life, but I never reach out to the person and say, hey, that really impacted me. You know, so even if you don't get feedback from the one you're doing it for, would you still do it? I'm here to challenge us all on today's To Be Hurt Tuesday because, again, I don't want to just do the thing. I want to be the thing. And part of being the person that God's called you to be and not just doing the thing that he's called you to do, part of your being is asking yourself the question that I just asked. If it was just for the one person, would you still do it? Because there's one thing I know for sure. One person that I know for sure would do it for the one every single time, without a doubt. One person who would do this perfectly. Y'all already know what I'm going to say. Let's talk about Jesus. (laughs) Because if anyone has a heart posture that screams, I'll do it for the one, it's Jesus. And I'm not just 
saying this as a personal opinion. You know, I love Jesus. I will always hype him up. But I'm not just saying it because it's my personal opinion. I actually have biblical grounds to say this, that Jesus's heart is always for the one. And um, so with that said, I am going to read a, I'm guessing, a familiar passage of scripture. If you grew up in church, I'm sure you have heard this parable before. Um, But I thought it was important to bring to the podcast because it's a passage I have to refer to often. And I think it's a passage that's useful for those who maybe get a little discouraged if you're like, man, the masses aren't really (laughs) like liking what I'm putting out. You know, the masses don't really like what I'm, I'm doing here. But in challenging, you know, would we still do it for the one? There's a passage of scripture that I think is so appropriate for all of us to study for today's To Be Here Tuesday. And again, when I say we, I truly do mean we. Like, I am in this with y'all. And um, this passage of scripture speaks volumes. And I just want to bring it to the forefront of today's episode. I'm talking about Luke 15, verses 1 through 7. As we always do, per our tradition, I'm going to read it. We're going to make sure we keep it in its context, and then we'll see how it applies to us today. But again, this is Luke 15, starting in verse 1. It says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Verse 3. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In verse seven, it says, Jesus still talking in the same way there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away let's talk about what we just read because I've read this passage over and over again many times throughout my faith background you know I grew up in church grew up in a Christian home this is not uh, an unfamiliar passage to me And I want to make it very clear and make sure that we do a great job of keeping this um, passage of scripture in its context, because it is ultimately talking about salvation. I want to make that very clear. Jesus, in this passage of scripture, he's using this parable to explain, like, I love those who are saved. I tend to those who are saved. But every soul counts. Jesus is not like, if one of you strays, I'm not just going to like, shrug my shoulders and be like, well, at least I still have the 99. He's like, no, that's not okay with me. I'm going after the one who strayed uh, because I don't want anyone to wander. You know, I don't want anyone to perish. And so what he's saying is every single sheep of mine, they matter. And if one of them goes away, I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, long as I have the masses. No, like I've said it once. I'll say it again. Jesus's heart is for the one. And so I just want to make sure we put it in its proper context, but even breaking down the text a little bit further, verse one tells me everything I need to know about the importance of this passage of scripture. Again, we we read it together, but it mentions that tax collectors who at the time were basically considered the scum of the earth. 
Um, all I will say about that is that to this day, I still don't like my taxes collected. So just imagine how it was back then. Okay. So these tax collectors, and there's a lot of historical background about the tax collector, but just to summarize the history of that tax collectors were not liked by most people, if not all people, except the Romans, but overall tax collectors were not, um, liked by the Jews at all. And so we have tax collectors and it clearly says other notorious sinners who came to listen to Jesus teach. So verse one gives us some context of the kind of people who Jesus was often around. Uh, verse two gives us even a better picture. It says not only did he associate with such sinful people, the people that nobody liked and nobody wanted to be around he didn't just associate with them and talk with them, but he also ate with them, which brings me to my second point. Verse one talks about the kind of people that hung around Jesus. Verse two talks about the kind of people who had a problem with it. And I love that setup so much because by the time we get to verse three, again, I talked a bit about this early on in this uh, fifth season, but to give you all a little Bible study hack of how I personally studied the Bible, I strongly believe that every word counts. And so when verse three starts off with, so Jesus told them the story. So means everything to me in that verse, because so means that the very reason why Jesus told them that story, I believe other translations say, therefore Jesus told them that story. It's kind of like, because of what happened in verses one and two, verse three happened. Like verse three in Luke 15 is not a standalone verse. So it says, so Jesus told them this story in other words if the religious people didn't have such a problem with it Jesus might not have told the story okay I'm being repetitive on purpose I want y'all to get it the only reason why Jesus told the story is because of what happened in verses one and two the religious people had a problem with it and so again putting it in his context Jesus tells a parable that is about salvation and I want to make sure we make that very clear because one thing I don't want any of you to think is that I'm taking a passage of scripture about salvation and trying um, in my own strength to make the verse say something about what we're talking about here on the podcast, which is staying true to the purpose that God has placed on your heart and um, following after the dreams and, you know, the passions that God's placed on your heart. The verse is talking about salvation. Okay, it's not talking about dream chasing and living out your purpose. It's not talking about that. But I, I wanted to make that clear because what I am going to do is extract the principle, which I don't believe does any damage to the scriptures at all when we're extracting the principle. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm just, um, you know, trying to make the Bible say something that it's not. It drives me nuts when other people do that. I'm not doing that here. I am simply extracting the principle that's found in Luke uh, chapter 15 verses one through seven. And one thing that I think it's clear all on its own, but I want to highlight for the purpose of today's To Be Heard Tuesday as we talk about the one, recognizing that many times in our journey of staying faithful to whatever God's called us to, sometimes what we're called to isn't necessarily for the masses. It isn't necessarily for the millions and the crowds. Sometimes it's just for the one. I think a principle that we can draw from Luke 15 verses 1 through 7 and other parables in Luke 15 if we're honest, but just to make sure that my episodes are staying nice and concise. We'll look at just the first seven verses talking about the parable of the lost sheep. I think a key principle is the fact that every single person, especially for those of you who are in any leadership position or you want to do something really big while you're here on earth, your heart posture 
should look a lot like the heart posture that Jesus displayed in the first seven verses of Luke 15 is the fact that, again, those verses are talking about salvation. And Jesus makes it very clear that if Jesus was on mission to save us from our sins, and that was by means of his death and resurrection, that's exactly what happened. If his death and resurrection was just for one person, the first seven verses of Luke 15 make it very clear that he would do that just for one person. Like, understand the weight of that, okay? Because sometimes I feel like we're some of us are so familiar with the story that when we talk about death and resurrection, we kind of comb over the excruciating details that came with Jesus' death on the cross. I mean, the man was in excruciating pain. Read the Gospels, like, if you dare. Read the crucifixion for yourself. It is one of the goriest, bloodiest death that you will ever read about. 39 whips to the back. He wore a crown of thorns. He was humiliated, bullied, mocked, nails in his hands and feet. Like, could you, I can't even fathom how painful. Like, that's painful is like the worst word to use. It's way more than painful. I don't even think there's a word for the kind of pain he must have been in. Not to mention the fact that it was unfair, like he was dying a death that he didn't even deserve. Jesus is saying, if it was just for the one sheep, I would do it for the one sheep. I'm thankful it saved the 99, but if it was just for that one, I would go out and look for the one. I would go out and save the one. Now his heart is that all would be saved and none should perish. That's his heart. But I think what's so beautiful about Luke 15, 1 through 7 is that he's using that parable to show that he really means it. He's not okay with just, oh, you know what, 99's a lot. I'll stay for the 99. Uh, so what? I lost one. Who cares? He's like, no, I'm searching for that one. Like, I don't want anyone to stray. I don't want anyone to perish. I do it for the one. All of that pain I went through, the excruciating pain the unfair death that I died, it was worth it. Even if it was just for the one, for the one sheep that went astray. And look at, I mean, verse seven says it so clearly. I'll read it again. It says in the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. He, it literally says there's more joy in heaven like when one person comes to Christ, when one person receives salvation, there's a bigger party in heaven over the one than over the many. And I think as we are, you know, hyping ourselves up, especially with the new year right around the corner, we're hyping ourselves up to do these big things for God. It's like, would we have the heart posture that's found in Luke 15, one through seven, where all of that hard work, all of those long nights in the studio, all of those, you know, edits and new drafts and new outlines and, you know, making corrections and all of that hard work. You know the hard work I'm talking about. Those of you who, who are in that industry, the many times trying to get the recipe right, the many times trying to perfect that layup or that three-pointer, like all of those blood, sweat, and tears to inspire or to reach it or to 
you know, honor just the one, Jesus is like, there's more joy in heaven over the one. And it's worth, it's worth it to do it all. Whatever it is you have to do, it's worth it to do it just for the one. And it may be really cool to hear, you know, the positive feedback from a lot of different people. And it may be cool to hear how your work is uh, really resonating with people all around the world. But for the one that literally without your work, without your idea, without your thought, without your obedience, the one who would have given up completely if you did not stay faithful to the call in your life, it's worth it for that one. That's our targeted audience. That's the one that we want to reach. And if anything, that's something that I really had to, um, I don't want to necessarily say learn, but walk in because it's something that I already knew. But it's definitely something that I had to walk in when I published My Name is Anxiety because I knew within the first few chapters, uh, I think I wrote down like three chapters of the book. I knew and I remember driving around my city and just praying to God like, I know I'm probably going to be misunderstood in writing this book. And much of my audience will not understand why I wrote this book because I it's a really different kind of project where um, it's just for the one and it may not be for others. I had to walk in the fact and really study the heart of God when it came to this principle of the one because there's a handful of other things that I feel I'm supposed to do in the new year that I'm like, Jesus, like, I want you to be close because I know I'm going to be misunderstood. I, I know that that's what kind of comes with it. That at times comes with your obedience, doing it just for the one. But when I recognize not only is Jesus's heart for the one, but when I recognize that I was that one <laughs> that he died for, I was that one that he went out of his way to save in understanding and realizing and recognizing how grateful I am that he would do that for me just for the one I'm like I want to do that for the one too you know like I want to give my all for the one even if no one else gets it if no one else understands and if it doesn't resonate with anyone else I want to do it for the one and my challenge and my encouragement to us all um in whatever you're called to do whether it's to write or to podcast or whatever whatever it is to cook to play sports to you fill in the blank whatever it is I want us all to not be so concerned about the 99 they're fine (laughs) they're not going anywhere you know instead I want us to be concerned about the one they should be the one we do this for every single time without a doubt and I pray that in the same way Jesus has a heart for the one, I want us all to also have a heart for the one as well. And so I hope that in the same way that challenged and encouraged me, I hope that it challenged and encouraged you also, my friend. Thank you so much for celebrating My Name is Anxiety with me. The book is for 20% off right now on Amazon. If you want your copy, I strongly encourage you to get it. I believe in this project so much. And um, hey, if you don't get it, is for the one anyway and um i hope that whoever that one is is abundantly blessed and so thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode you will hear from me next week right here on to be heard podcast